This is Channel 253. In this episode of What Say You? Do white people eat greens, Doug? Um, can we have a ruling? Can, do white people eat collard greens? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you. So, I like mustard. chard myself, but... Oh, chard. Girl, that ain't in art. Chard. <laughs> Mm-mm. Thank you, All Doug. Right, I'm, I'm going to back right back out of here. Okay, Doug. <laughs> Did he say chard? He said chard. What the hell is that? I don't know, girl. I don't know. Okay, anyway, let's go back to green. Chard. Chard. That's some white people stuff. It is. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. What say you? Real sisters. Real talk. What say you? Down-to-earth conversations between sisters about life, work, family, and the pursuit of an anti-racist community. Hi, I'm Audrey. And I'm Melanie. What What say you? What's up, Audrey Louise? Hello, Melanie Denise. It's good to see you, sissy. Oh, it's good to see you as well. So I'm excited about this show because we're going to call this one Mashup. Oh, yeah, because we that got means a, we gonna talk about a whole lot of stuff. We got a whole <laughs> lot of stuff to that talk may or may about. not be connected together. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any nothing kind of correction nothing. connection. So we're just gonna flow. So I want to start with some good news. Okay, good. Okay, because listeners, uh, we did an episode on the Peace Queen documentary. Yes, right and. Mm-hmm. Uh, my journey to the Nobel Peace Prize. So since I've seen you last, oh, that's the one you did without me. Mm-hmm. I know you one. were traveling, Still Jewel Diamond some, Taylor. Some type of feeling about that. Love you, Jewel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks for taking my place, Jewel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Go well, ahead. the good news is, and it always has. You know, the the goal has always been to get the pro- uh, project aired. Yes. You know, get it on television. Uh-huh. And. The real motivation for getting it on television has been my bucket list item of winning Emmy. winning an Emmy mm-hmm. Award and going to the party. Yes. You know, and that's, taking me with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most yeah. definitely. Don't get that part. But the winning an Emmy and going to the party. Well, in order to win an Emmy, you've got to have something that's aired on television. Correct. So guess what? Is it going to be airing? It's going to be airing. Oh, Yay. that is awesome. The Peace yes. Queen has when, gotten when? the help. We Girl, got what? the green light from KBTC. Okay, all right, KBTC. Which is the local 253 yes. um, PBS mm-hmm. station yep. that they are going to air it on um, January 17, 18, and on Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, Day. Oh, we have to have a 20th. watch party. Have a watch party. Because, you know, I didn't get to be there. That's right. You I were mean, traveling. I mean, you know, I was traveling. I didn't get to mm-hmm. see this, see it. So, oh, that's going to be incredible. And mm-hmm. it's going to spill over into Black History Month. What? Uh-huh. And Shut there will up, be a watch out. party. Oh. So KBTC is going to do. So we'll have to keep Ooh, everybody. Are they going to have free food? Mm-hmm. Can I come? Yes, you, you can come. Okay. Yes, Well, yes, congratulations. Yes. That's awesome. Thank you. I did not know that. And mm-hmm. I'm lifting. I'm lifting that up because um, my point here is about goals and mm-hmm. dreams, and you know, setting intention in your life. How yeah. long have I been saying I want to win an Emmy and Ooh, go to the party? For a long, long time. time. When I I went to television school at Bates Technical College um, back in 2000, mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, 2000 is when I graduated from Bates. 
um, with my credentials in broadcast production. Right. Which is teaching you to be um, a television producer and all things TV. And it was then that I, yeah. I want to say it's been at 2000. So that's. Isn't that where you saw? Did you see Michelle Obama there one time? Or no, not Michelle. It was. Who was that um, you saw? It was Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. I knew it was some, I Mm -hmm. knew it was a uh, first lady. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And then I was there, I was in TV school also when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, we were, we we got to practice like our crisis reporting and and that whole thing. That, That was pretty, that was pretty good learning, I remember. But yeah, ever since being at Bates, getting behind the cameras and really focused on um, upping my skills in in the technology area, I've had this goal of winning an Emmy and going to the party. So let me tell you something. I'm going to claim this right now, that you are going to win the Emmy and you are going to the party. Yes. And I'm going with you. Let me put Mm -hmm. that on there anyway. And let me tell you why I feel very confident about that. Now, I know that the people listening have, many of them have seen the movie Forrest Gump, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I know I'm, what you're going to say. <laughs> so, and uh, one of the best <laughs> movies of all times, Forrest Gump, you just love him, bless his heart. He wound up. Forrest Gump, as you know, wound up in places and spaces and doing things. He just, it just happened. All of this, his life just materialized in into greatness and, and, and recognition and fame. And he just, it, it just was a, a stumble and a, a happenstance and a being at the right place at the right time. And that's why we love Forrest. Very humble and everything that was put in his path, he made it work. So how long <laughs> have, what's my nickname for you? You call me Foresta. Foresta. Foresta Gump. Yes, you do. You are <laughs> Foresta Gump. And you have been Foresta. I've been calling you that for a while. You've been calling me Foresta for a long time. We always say, this is a Foresta moment. Yes. Let me call you. <laughs> because my sister, since way, way, way back, finds herself in spaces, situations, mm. uh, with people... It, it just ha- stuff happens to her. Yeah, stuff happens. <laughs> she is always. I spend my whole damn life <laughs> never ever meeting anybody famous. <laughs> I had to wait till I was sixty years old to see Johnny Mathis. You met Johnny in Mathis. Indianapolis, <laughs> but over your time, yes, how many times? Has God put you in the path of not only famous people, but, you know, situations that that uh, 
you could elevate and and would never have been in the Nobel Peace the Nobel Prize. Pe- God has done that to you <laughs> since day one. I know. So that's why I'm saying, girl, you're going to get that Emmy. Oh, thank Period. you. It's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. So now that it airs, that means we can be in contention for it. We can be nominated. And... Gonna, it's going to happen. Okay. I well, got to find my dress. I just want to thank KBTC for, for just this, this platform. You know, the 253 is... I love living here and the support of our PBS station. Deanne Hamilton is the general manager there, sister girl, and awesome. And so, and Phil came. They came to the, uh, well, Phil came to the screening that we had in October Mm -hmm. so he could see it. And, um, yeah, so I'm grateful. So that's my first little um, piece to add to the mashup. So thank you, community, for your support. And we are on our way. You want to mash or you want me to yes. keep going? I'll mash. Okay. And this is mishmash, so this mishmash. has absolutely nothing to do with what you were just talking about. Got it. What it has to do with is what I did yesterday. Mm. And uh, yesterday, because I'm going on another trip for work and it's going to be a while, I decided I needed to get my hair done. Mm-hmm. So I went to my uh, the beauty shop that I've been going to for and the, the hairdresser I've been going to for five, six, seven years. And uh, we were, I was observing and then we were talking at the, towards the end. I went at, at a later time because I, I had asked for the appointment at very last minute. But at the end, it was just the three of us in there. There were only three of us left. Uh, my hairdresser and the lady that braids my hair and myself. And we were all talking. And I'm going to leave names out. Mm-hmm. I want to give my hairdresser a shout out because you know who you mm-hmm. are. You know. you Hey, know. girl. Hey. Lady who braids my hair. You know who you are. Hey, girl. Love hey. you guys. Love you guys. But we were talking about uh, the black beauty shop experience. Ooh, and, honey chow. And the, and the, the customer... Black customer expectations and uh, and uh, negotiations that try to happen. <laughs> so I just want to give a little little perspective on this. When you, for me, when I go to the beauty shop, I go to get my hair done. I I arrive on time. Mm-hmm. I expect to be uh, serviced on time. Mm-hmm. And I expect to get out on time. I expect to pay for the service. Mm-hmm. I already know how much it costs because my hairdresser and I have talked about it. Mm-hmm. I've been going there for seven damn years. So I know how much it costs. So this is seamless. My my hairdresser is on time. So we're on the same page. As soon as I walk in, Let's go get it washed. Mm-hmm. Let's sit, you know, everything is precision. Boom. Boom. I do the cash app now. She taught me how to do cash app. It's a seamless transaction in and out. And we have laughs and fun in between. Apparently, <laughs> that is not the way every customer is. Oh, uh-uh. Come on with it. I was listening to them talk, and apparently, all customers are not like me. Apparently, there are customers who take their um, their hairdresser for granted <laughs> in ways such as 
you've been coming there for years, and every damn time you come, you ask how much it is. What? Don't you know by and now? And if your hairdresser says $55, you go, oh, 50 <laughs> Did you catch that? <laughs> you, they still trying to negotiate. Trying to negotiate. After all these years, All these years, you're trying to negotiate. You know how much it costs. Yeah. Stop and, it. And they negotiating down. They probably won't even leave, down. leave a tip. Okay, well, let's uh, let's talk about this. Stop disrespecting your hairdresser when you have made an appointment and then you don't show up or call. Mm, mm, mm. No call, no show. Mm, mm. That's disrespectful. That's rude. Yep. You are you are impacting their bottom line. You are impacting their money. They have but, set aside that time for you. But I thought at the... And, well, girl, you Go know, ahead. I ain't been to the beauty shop in so long. Mm-hmm. I have locks in say? my hair. But, I I mean, it, can't they just not let them come back again? What no, what the white beauty shops do? They, listen, they find what, you or something. They find you. Yeah, they, they, they make you pay. You. If you miss, you know, if you have a pattern of missing appointments, you're going to pay. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is that time was set aside for you. Therefore, they have missed booked other book, booking opportunities because you were supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I got you. Stop disrespecting your hairdresser by bringing your kid in to get mm. their hair braided, and then you leave. <laughs> they are not your babysitter. Uh-uh. No. But check this out. No, tell me no. Yeah, oh Say it ain't so. It, uh, it is common practice, so I've heard. Girl, this must be some millennial stuff, because I don't remember my generation treating the beauty we, we didn't people do that. like we this. We did not we, do that. We, we did not we have... Revered, mm-hmm. We revered our hairdressers. Even if we had to sit in there all day. Even if we had to sit in there all day. But you that's a whole nother story. You go for a appointment and stay in there mm-hmm. for 12. Girl. <laughs> okay, the, anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> but when you bring your child to the beauty shop to get their hair done, and you leave... Mm. And you don't come back. Mm. You send you send your husband back, but he ain't got the money. Mm. Shady. It's the, oh that's a, well. Shady. How does the transaction go down then? What like I thought he paid you or I thought he I thought he was gonna I, pay you. I, I thought, thought she paid you. I thought she paid you. Yes. So then can't you hold a kid uh, hostage? <laughs> <laughs> you just keep the kid no. until somebody. <laughs> I would snatch the, I would snatch off every one of them damn braids though. No, but listen. <laughs> but how, then what happens is the hairdresser has to follow up with the mama. She has to turn into mm-hmm. a collection and agent. Take a now. collection agent. It takes mm. her three days to get the damn money. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, sisters. Yep. Yep. So there is a uh, there is a lot of um, just basic service disrespect going on with our hairdressers and what I'm saying to you is if you can't afford the service then don't do it you don't go you don't go to you don't go to um to a place and let's say you go to the store you don't go to Fred Myers and pick out a shirt and then get up to the counter and say I don't want to pay $19.95 for this I want to pay you know $9.95 you don't go haggle Mm -mm. and apparently that's what's happening with our hairdressers they ask for a service. I want my hair colored. I want it, you know, um, cut, and I want, you know, shampoo and blah blah blah. How much is that going to be? Okay, that's going to be one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Why so much? Mm-hmm. Why so much? 
Mm. Can I just get it for a hundred? What? Okay, let's let's dive a little bit deeper though, but because what about that is inherent in Black culture? Well, a lot of that is inherent in Black culture. There is a theme to that. Yeah, it starts with. Um, you know, remember that saying, the white man's ice is better? The, the white man's ice is better than the cold man. Uh, wait a minute. The white man's ice is colder than the black man's ice. That's yes. the mindset as we came out of, uh, out as we became free and we became entrepreneurs. Physically, physically free, free from but slavery. Some of that, uh-huh, but that mentality... Uh, that psych that psyche massa knows best. Mm-hmm. That that psyche, that slave psyche, was still there, and some and still there is there is a legacy of that, because when we back to the hairdresser thing, this is something they said. People don't mind spend will go to Jean Juarez and spend hundreds of dollars, and be okay with spending that money to get the same type of service that they will get with the black hairdresser, but they expect to pay, pay less. Mm-hmm. It's the same type of service. And and yesterday what I witnessed uh, was that there is, there is science and chemistry and, and real um, knowledge that goes into being a, a good hairdresser. Of course. Okay. When we're talking about, you know, chemi- mixing chemicals and things for the dye and whatever and, learning about the different cuticles of your hair. I mean, I was listening to all of this. And uh, anyway, but uh, in 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 our black culture, there's still there is still residue of the white man's ice is better and expecting the super homie hookup from from oh, yeah. from think, a, a a black uh, a black owned business. Yeah, say sis, can I get a hookup? Yeah. And and when we talk about ice in the beauty shop, uh uh, context, I would say that uh, all of them have to have licenses yes. in order to do the work. So they're all licensed cosmetologists. So what is it? And and in many cases, the black uh, beauticians go to the same schools as the white mm-hmm. beauticians. So why is it that in our own black culture that we would diminish their professionalism in the culture, instead of lifting them up. Well, you know there is. Uh, let's make a distinction uh, that all black uh, salons are not the same. Okay. Let's now make there, because I noticed when you said Jean Juarez mm-hmm. and people would pay more. Now I've been, I've been in that salon, so, and it's fancy in mm-hmm. there. So we're paying. You're you're paying for fancy, and I honestly. We'd pay more for fancy. I I would. But that's why I'm happy to report that we do have a black-owned beauty spa Mm -hmm. and salon now in Lakewood uh, called Beautiful Me. And um, I remember you put that on Facebook. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's that's everything that we deserve. But I'm still sure that the testimony inside of there is. Oh, there's still. Can I get a hookup? Can I get a hookup? You know, that's that's going to be it. Um, at the end of the day, I think that you pay, I pay for service. Mm-hmm. I pay for service. And, you know, of course, atmosphere has something to do with it. I've been in, in places where it's like, oh, 
I can't even. I, I yeah. don't. Even, I gotta take my glasses off so I can't see in the corner. Yeah, because I, I don't know what's see. gonna jump out at me. Yeah, and uh, I look up. I always look up at the fans mm-hmm. uh, that are spinning around. You know, that that's the mommy in me though. You know, mommy talks. Oh, looking that. at the dirt. Yeah, see you if there's go any look dirt. Up, uh-huh. Yeah, if there's any dirt on the fan. Well, but I'm not going in there. I want to wrap up my rant with look. When you have a when you are being provided a service by um, by professionals, and that's what our beauticians and hairdressers are. They are professionals. You need to respect them, respect their time, respect their prices and respect the, respect their service, mm-hmm. respect them. And if you can't do that, then do your own damn hair. OK, <laughs> I'm done with that. Are you done with that? Okay, I got one to move into. Okay. I'm excited about this because it is around the holiday season and there's a whole bunch of potlucks Mm. going on. There's a lot of potlucks going on. And I want to talk about potluck Mm. etiquette. Mm. Okay, I girl. I want to dedicate this one to Dorothea Murphy, my best friend. Who, oh, ooh, girl. girl. Mm-hmm. I want to dedicate this to everybody that has a uh, phobia and fear and complete rejection to potlucks. However, potlucks are those social strategies mm-hmm. that you know companies and work teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that execute in order to do team building mm-hmm. and bonding and bringing stuff together child Ooh, let me tell you something mm, tell mm, me mm, oh mm. my gosh we can go with this okay one. now mm. let's start with mm. all right let's just start with i'm gonna this is full disclosure mm-hmm. full full disclosure i have a list Mm-hmm. And it is compiled with friends of mine because we're in this journey together. But I have a list of people that I know for sure mm-hmm. that do not wash their mm. hands when they come out the bathroom. That list. Yes. Yes. Because you know how you be in the ladies mm. room and stuff mm. and you go and in there and then you come out and you're washing your hands and then you see people come out and then they just walk they just out the walk door. walk on out. They just walk on out. And you still you still And I'm still like, <gasps> you know, I've got the clutch of pearls. Yes. Did that just happen? Oh, my God. I mean, then I get all the goosebumps. Mm. I mean, I have like a reaction. Yes. I can't wait to get back to my desk. Put that heifer on the list. And I put her on the mm. list. Mm. And so there is mm. a list mm. that exists. And I know for a fact that there is some listeners out there going, yes, girl, yes, girl, oh, I got girl. a list too. We've yes, been keeping girl. lists since the 80s. When We've been I used keeping to work a at, list. Uh, uh, be in America. Mm-hmm. Honey, we had a full-blown list. We had a full-blown yes. list. And and it's always you got you get, you have a network. You have a it's network. more than just yourself. Yeah, and there's the master keeper of the mm-hmm. list because you have to update because other Parts of the network may have witnessed something that you didn't witness. And so I've been the master keeper of the list of folks that do not wash their hands when they come out mm-hmm. of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then I, I have if a, men do that. <clears throat> Doug, can we have a ruling? Do men do that? Some do. Some do. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah, that would be that would be even worse for the men. The mm-hmm. way the the process for oh, which they got to they have to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not going to even get to that. But mental... men don't really be cooking that much at potluck. They'd be bringing something. Uh, well, I, I don't know. know. I think Maybe that was t- a gender 
faith-based thing because it I got is. men that really know how to cook. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. I will say this. There are men who do it as a cursory sort of exercise oh. you, you, where you're not really effectively washing your hands. You're just doing the thing where you turn on the water. Yeah, just, oh, just so it can appear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's in the... <clears throat> trying to avoid the list. Yeah. That, <laughs> so they may have heard that there is a list, and so they wanted to try. Um, and so... This list is the basis and the foundation for my full rejection for potlucks. And not only washing hands, but people that let their um, cats walk on Girl, have you the, seen the commercial? There's on the com- counter and stuff There's when they're cooking. Oh, is there? Yeah, the, the, the person is making the making the food and the cat's up on the counter. Uh, cats up on the counter and the tail goes into the food. Yeah. Yeah. See that? Nasty. I'm saying that. Mm-hmm. So these are the kind of things you do not know people's hygiene. And when they bring in the potluck dish, you have no idea what happened mm-hmm. to get there. How did it get there? So as far as the potluck strategies for the holidays, this is what my friends and I do. We There's about seven of us, seven or eight, which is really a good meal. And we decide what we're going to bring to the potluck ahead of time. Uh-huh. Okay, so we have the conference. And so someone's bringing in a, a meat dish or, you know, some kind of protein, and then someone else is bringing the salad. Someone will bring something sweet. Someone will bring, you know, the fillers and in between. But between us, we have a great meal. And so then we have to identify. We we talk to, we check in with each other. Girl, what'd you bring? What'd you bring? What'd you bring? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we know exactly where those dishes are situated on the potluck table. Got you. And so then it makes the potluck exercise that much easier. You just walk through the line and you know, I'm just using a stray name. Okay, Cheryl bought this uh, lasagna casserole. That's safe. I'm getting that's that. Safe. And that's safe. And, um, Gina bought this, and I'm going to get this, and -and so-and-so brought this. And then when people say, "Woo, I brought the so-and-so, you should try something, then I'll be like, oh. You on the list. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. I I don't call them out like that. You could just say, oh, my plate is so full. Oh, that's perfect. And, you know, my plate is full. So you're not hurting anybody's feelings, Mm -hmm. and you've advocated for yourself. But damn, the potluck (laughs) is... The depository for um, you. You. You don't know. And it, it it's, oh, yeah. Okay, so that's a perfect strategy. And you know that I've, I've been involved in that strategy as well for a very long yes, time. Yes, yes. Um, but have you ever... <laughs> the other thing about potlucks is not just not... So you have to stay educated on, and have your network on who made what. So yep. We'll talk about the cleanliness part. But the other part is everybody can't cook. <laughs> girl, okay, girl, can ooh. we talk about the greens? Girl, ooh. Girl, let's talk about okay, the collard greens. Okay, let's talk greens. about some collard greens. Okay. Mm. So. Girl, I, every, I was just pausing and looking at you going, mm. Everybody m- makes collard greens differently, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's root experience is different with greens first of all everybody don't make collard greens some people like mustard greens some people like, i mean i don't know do white people eat greens doug um 
Can we have a ruling? Can, do white people eat collard greens? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. okay. Thank you. So I like mustard. charred myself, but. Oh, charred. Girl, that ain't in art. Charred. <laughs> Mm-mm. Thank you, All Doug. Right, I'm, I'm going to back right back at you. Okay, Doug. <laughs> Did he say charred? He said charred. What the hell is that? I don't know, girl. I don't know. Okay, anyway, let's go back to green. Charred. Charred. That's some white people stuff. It is. I know. It's okay. probably good, though. I don't know. Maybe we could put it in the green. Can he hear us? I don't know. Okay. Oh, stop anyway. talking about him. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> He got us. <laughs> so, I guess he can. <laughs> so anyway, the greens are different. And so what do you do when you, when is somebody beloved? I know. And the greens are messed up. Yeah, or anything. Oh, all the food is nasty. Okay, girl, this is my strategy. Okay. All right. I put, I make a taster plate. Okay. Okay, so you only do a little dab. Mm-hmm. So don't get a bunch. Just do a little dab. And in the presence of them, you know, because they're around and some people may be side-eyeing you and stuff to yeah, see if you're really eating what, and watching. Uh-huh. Okay, so you pick up, like, you you pick up the corner of the fork. And as you move in to put it in your mouth, you turn. Oh, Okay, Is that and what it, you did with my dressing this year? <laughs> did you do that with my dressing? I think you did. I didn't did see you, you eat any. Did you see me turn? I think I did. <laughs> oh. Audrey, you know Mommy is the one that makes dressing. I know. She coached me. Well, Nat liked it, so mm. anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but Nat likes everything that she, we cook. Daddy so liked she, it. Okay. I, Go ahead. I'm okay, get, but I'm anyway, you just you just <laughs> you just turn uh-huh. out of their eyesight, and you can put the fork down and then turn back around like you're chewing. You can. That's a good strategy. You can you can do it quickly, and then you put the plate down and move. You just put the plate down and move <laughs> just away leave it? from oh, that's it. Cold. <laughs> you move, you move away from it for a minute, right? And people are distracted. They're looking at where you're flitting and flatten. And then you make your way back over, fold the plate up gently, and stuff it somewhere. You sound good at this. <laughs> you sound real. Okay, good. girl. Being um, most of my adult. Life, I have worked in spaces where I'm the only black person in the office. And so when I know that culturally, you know, you got surface. So at the top, there's surface culture. And then you move down into, you know, deep culture. There in white people culture, it's okay for your dogs and cats to sleep with you. My in the dog bed. used to sleep with me. But I'm just saying, it's okay for your dogs and cats to sleep with you. And then on top of that, you don't wash your hands when you mm-hmm. come out the bathroom. That's different. And then on top of that, right, you can't cook. And then on top, you just keep laying all of these <laughs> layers over time. Then I have really learned how to navigate so that I don't look like I'm being mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so um, 
in most cases, it's not a black-white thing. And in most of my cases, it's been a white thing. Mm. That's just my evidence. And when I say white thing, I mean most of the people on my list that don't wash their hands. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? It is. I wonder what that's about. I don't know. They got money for water. I don't and know. soap. What is that about? I don't know. So mm. I'm not, I, I can't conclude that white people don't wash their hands when they come <laughs> you out cannot, the bathroom. You absolutely cannot conclude that. Okay. I mean, we will not be making that broad statement. Okay. We just won't. When we come back, we'll just keep mashing it up then. Okay. This is Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan MVP Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry. The Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines mileage plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska Airlines partners, like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. I'm having fun with this mashup, girl. Oh, me too. Yeah, this is Mm -hmm. good. So we're going to continue with a totally unrelated topic to the last two or three that we talked about. We just finished up potlucks. (laughs) Let's go into Kwanzaa. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, Kwanzaa. I want to talk about Kwanzaa. Mm -hmm. And uh, I stopped celebrating Christmas, I'm going to say, it's been over 20 years now. Mm, right. Remember I'll that? I'll never forget the day. I came in to the family and I said, okay, I think this was at, at Thanksgiving time mm-hmm. that I made this announcement that I was choosing not to celebrate Christmas any longer and that I was going to introduce the idea of Kwanzaa to the family. And it was a shock. Dun, dun, dun. Immediately. It was an immediate shock of what? the family. What are you talking about? But at the end of the day. And I just needed to know, was I going to get a present? Exactly. I was just going to say, exactly as long as there was a present involved, <laughs> then everybody was like, okay, we'll, we'll go with this. Because I'm the one in the family that's always different anyway, or at least you all. Why y'all treat me so different? I know, for rest of... Why you treat me so bad? So Kwanzaa, if you don't know, is a Pan-African holiday which celebrates family, community, and culture. It was created um, by Dr. Malana Karinga in 1966. So it's been around a while, and it's celebrated from January... I mean, from December 26th to January 1st. So right after... The day after Christmas is when it gets started. And there are um, several principles 
of Kwanzaa that we um, are meanings that we have as far as how you represent harvest and that kind of stuff. But the whole idea is to celebrate community and celebrate um, family. So my intention was to introduce this into the family, but y'all went into an uproar. Oh, we were so militant. The first one. <laughs> yes. When you when we came to your house for the first uh, Kwanzaa celebration, and I look back on it now and go, you know, we we we're just special. We were sitting there with our arms folded, like you know, uh, you know, the make me monkey, like mm. yeah. Everybody's looking at me like you lighting candles and talking about Coogee Chocolia, and all I'm thinking about See? is where is my present? I ain't up, boy. Where's the food? I'm hungry. <laughs> you, I mean, <laughs> let me just say this. Oh. My family blessed their heart. <laughs> I love the way that they go with me. <laughs> But the journey the is not t- always pleasant. <laughs> and Audrey is speaking truth. I remember. This was a day of celebration, and there was so much hostile energy up in my joint. And Daddy looking around for Daddy, food. Everybody just looking for to food. Sit down. <laughs> they looking for food, and they looking for presents. Uh-huh. Everything, the substance and the context uh, was nothing. But let, let me just share what the, the Nguzu Saba, the seven principles of Kwanzaa are. Because, as you know, I not only do we celebrate it in my house um, during the season of January, December 26th to January 1st, but I've also adopted to celebrate it all year round. Mm-hmm. You know, these are principles of life. So the first day of Kwanzaa, which is December 26th, is called Umoja. And these are um, Swahili. This is from the Swahili language. So Umoja means unity. And uh, on this day, we are celebrating unity to strive for and maintain unity in the family, community, nation, and race. Umoja, day one. Day two, December 27th. And you remembered this, the hardest one of all, Kuji Chakalia. Oh, that's my favorite one. I just like the way that sounds. Kuji Chakalia mm-hmm. means self-determination. To define ourselves, name ourselves, create for ourselves, and speak for ourselves. Self-determination. Day three, December 28th, is Ujima. Ujima is collective work and responsibility. To build and maintain our community together and make our brothers' and sisters' problems our problems and to solve them together. Day four, which is December 29th, Ujama, Cooperative Economics. This is my favorite. To build and maintain our own stores, shops, and other businesses and to profit from them together. December 30th, Nia, which means purpose. To make our collective vocation, the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to their traditional greatness. December 31st, Kuumba, which means creativity. To do always as much as we can in the way we can in order to leave our community more beautiful and beneficial than we inherited it. And then January 1st, New Year's Day, 
guests when you all come over for mm-hmm. your presence and mm-hmm. to eat um, is Imani, and that means faith. To believe with all our heart in our people, our parents, our teachers, our leaders, and the righteousness and victory of our struggle. So we have Umoja, Kujichakalia, Ujima, Ujama, Nia, Kaumba, and Imani. Unity, self-determination, collective work and responsibility, cooperative economics, purpose, and creativity. That's too much. I see you rolling your eyes at me. That's too much. But it is, when we talk about, come on now. Majima, Ajama, um, Godzilla. Listen here. When we talk about love and kindness, and that's what we're talking about, you've got to give people a framework, at least, to live by. And so if we're going to, in the same breath, talk about being kind and what... um, What's love got to do with it or love matters and stuff. People want practical ways to do that. So I'm just that's messing with you. That's why I believe I in Kwanzaa. I'm mm-hmm. so passionate about Kwanzaa. And I appreciate you introducing us to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that uh, on the serious note, I think that people do need principles and something to believe in. And that that um, that is a framework that is tangible. Tangible. Yes, it's tangible. It's a way. And if, okay, you don't have to be black to understand these principles. And if you read them up and then apply them practically in your life, that's how we get to unity, Mm -hmm. which is what we're calling for. You know, so, for example, cooperative economics, that's, uh, that's, we're trying to say, you know, black people working together and doing um, more in our own and spending with one another. But what about folks who are not black that want to intentionally yes. do something to um, use privilege or share privilege or build community and build capacity like we talked about in another episode when they're taking the picture at the Thanksgiving table and everybody looks like them and they want to step out and do something different. Though This kind of framework of Kwanzaa gives you an idea of practice. Yeah. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, that's my mashup on Kwanzaa. December... 26th to January 1st is the official observance of Kwanzaa, and that's spelled K-W-A-N-Z-A, Kwanzaa. We'll provide more information, but um, it's definitely something that I would invite the entire community to consider as a new practice of care. Am I going to get a present this year? (laughs) Girl, move on. asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. <clears throat> Thank you. Well, and in contrast, what I want to talk about, well, it's not it's not even contrast. So Kwanzaa has very specific a very specific framework and principles and time frame to really intentionally focus to observe, yes. And observe and reflect and 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 give. This may sound weird, but what the hell is Christmas all about? Uh-huh. But that's why I rejected it. Totally. And I'm 
I'm saying that and mass marketing and not and not in a, any kind of sacrilegious way. So please unclutch your pearls. I am not saying this. I am. I, I, but I, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. How they know? They don't. I don't know. All I'm saying is Christmas from my perch, mm -hmm. both personally and a broader lens. What is this? Uh, what has this come to? And what I see is that it has come to debt, mm -hmm. debt, debt, guilt, debt in order to give. And 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 what are you giving for? Because you're supposed to be doing that all year round. Mm hmm. And people running around buying these trees and they putting up these 75-foot trees with all these doggone lights. Electricity bill is off the chain. Yeah. For what? Mm hmm What is the core of Christmas supposed to be? Oh, that's deep. What is the core of Christmas? What is, what is it the core? Wasn't it about... Celebrating the birth of Christ, simply. Mm -hmm. Christmas. That's what it was about. Celebrating the birth of Christ. Right? That's Who what celebrates the birth of Christ on Christmas? Yeah, Anymore. they forget. I know people go to Mass. Mm -hmm. I know people go to church. But all of that other stuff that's happened prior, all of this marketing frenzy and and black friday cyber monday small business saturday what does that have to do with anything i don't get it what say you i say that this is the epitome of capitalism and uh one to be rejected which i have i say that the spirit, okay, the idea of Christmas has been hijacked by uh, the marketers. And people have started to, I mean, they really have bought into that they must, in order for their worth, their self-worth, they must give something. Mm -hmm. And I challenge people to show up with nothing. That's what and, I'm going to do. And then I challenge people to show up in the middle of the year or different months outside of December with something. Mm -hmm. When Christmas is not even in your mind, bring a present in March. Giving should be all. That's giving what we do. All. We, we should have a giving the heart. time. And giving doesn't have to even be monetarily. And the thing about it is, I mean, it's just this whole consumerism thing because it feels like the months are already attached. Like they give you a break in January, then February you get bombarded with uh, with the Valentine's. the Valentine mm -hmm. stuff. March is not much. April is Easter. March May is Mother's Day. Uh, Mother's Day. June is Father's Day. Um, July, July is Fourth of July. August. You know, it's it just goes on and on and on. And then in December, 
it's just this big pressure. Tight frenzy. So it just depends on when you're listening to this. We can make this an ageless, uh, timeless message is give all year round. Give all year round. And don't go, love all year round. Don't go into debt trying to be that person. Trying to be your your worth and your um, value is more than what you give somebody for Christmas. Mm-hmm. You are not defined by the value of your Christmas giving and present. Yep, you're defined all year long as the perfect being that God made you to be, and intentionally walking in the path that He leads for you. That's who you are. It's not the gift that you give. And I'm also going to challenge you to check your expectations. Because mm-hmm. if you are expecting that you're going to get something, then I'm challenging you to look, examine that attitude. And don't forget about the opportunity to gather, to gather yes. with others. Back to, um, you know, connecting and, and, and giving love. That these, because typically during this um, this specific time of year in December, people will have time off of work if you're blessed enough to work. And so don't forget to to spend time with others and give them some joy. That's mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. And then don't forget to receive the joy. Mm-hmm. Be in the moment to receive the joy. Put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Put the phone down. Be present. Be present. Speaking of being present. What, girl, what? Let me tell you what gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. Is when you are on, you are in, let's say you are at a birthday party. You know, you are at a, you're on vacation. Yes, you want to be able to take pictures to Remember the events, but don't be so busy taking pictures that you are not participating in You're the event. You're not enjoying it. You're not in yep. it. You understand? Yep. How can you be in something when you're looking through a lens? Mm-hmm. Put the phone down mm. and and see it unbridled. Mm-hmm. Put the phone down. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What? This gets on my nerves, too. Ooh, girl, your last nerve. My last nerve. Not my last nerve. This is my last nerve. It's popular to do. But every doggone thing you do does not have to be on Facebook. Yes. Can there be real. some private stuff? Mm-hmm. Can there be Can there be some moments that people cherish and only the people who were there will have that memory? Yes. Can there not that's be? That's a gift. That's a That's a gift. That is a gift. That's a gift. Mm -hmm. And that is so, so special. I see people, girl, I see people be posting stuff. I'm like, why'd you do that? Mm -hmm. Why did you do that? That's inappropriate. Okay. We do not need to know, and this is a true story, we do not need to know everything that happened at your doctor's appointment. And I do mean everything. Oh. From your x-ray results, oh. your stool sample. Oh, girl, stop it. Results. Mm. I'm not kidding. This is for real. We don't need to know that. Why do people do that? 
Girl, I'm going to let that stay right there. Mm. All right. And my final thing, ooh. Mm. <laughs> Musty people need love too. <laughs> For my final mashup topic, yes. I want to go out with the bang because I want to get this in people's mind. Okay. I want to talk really quick about the census. Because oh. census, census 2020 Conspiracy. is coming up. Oh, I know. When yeah. is it coming? It's it, Well, census day is April 1st, 2020. And so... um. We are what the What Say You podcast uh-huh. um, is going to be involved in making sure we get that word out. Are and, we going to go knock on people's doors? No, we're not going to be enumerators. I want to be one. How do you get to be one of those? Uh, censusjobs.gov. Okay. Mm-hmm. I if you want to be. You did that in what? Um, in census 2000, 2000. I mm-hmm. was the, I didn't knock on people's doors. I was the partnership specialist okay. for um, Pierce County. Kitsap County, uh, Whatcom County, all over um, on the west side, many counties. Um, So I really helped mobilize communities. That's why I have such a passion for the census. And in 2010, census 2010, I worked as a community partner and we did a um, music video. Remember that one? I remember that. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you want to, we'll post a link, but it was called Count Me In. And that was fun. And so this year, uh, this census, the What Say You um, family, that's us, we're going to be involved in... um, Talking to black people and what we, we got to talk to black people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How are we going to do that? <laughs> Specifically, we want to talk to black Americans mm-hmm. and African immigrants. Okay. And talk about what box do we check? Oh, we got to get on the same page. We got to get on the same page. Because, you know, mm. people from. Different countries in Africa. On there? Well, that's well, the what, whole what, thing. What do they have on the what boxes? That, are they there? say it says black. Oh, it just says black. It says black, and then then it can break it down. But the people, African immigrants and Black Americans, you know, we mm-hmm. there's some stuff going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and I we're just hoping that the um, African immigrants don't check the other box. Right, right. Because when you tra- check other. Mm-hmm. That dilutes the uh, the the power. the power of that particular question, mm. and uh, mm. and data, it yes. really dilutes the data. So some Africans are hell bent on not being black, you know, being identified as black or identified with us, and have all kind of ideas about who Black Americans are, and Black Americans have all kind of ideas of who Africans are. And so we've got to have a conversation um, around that so that we're all on the same page and we're checking the... um, Just from a societal standpoint, we're all in the same bucket. Yeah. Ain't ain't, ain't no separate, ain't no other. Right. Why why is that even on there? If the police is going to shoot you... They don't see other. Oh, he an African he's immigrant. He's African. Ah, no, leave him alone. Leave him alone. No, no, Are he you from, kidding me? He from Kenya. He's from Ghana. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. From, no, uh-uh. No, they go shoot first. And then because that's the stigma of who black people are in mm. America. And so, and then we have to be mindful and, you know, just really talk through in general, in general for everyone, out just outside of black folks for everyone that, um, 
the census is the most racist instrument. Oh, please. That we have in America that continues to perpetuate the racist system. Yes, it does. Yet we're in such a um, hard, rock in a hard place because the census data is what determines where money goes, Mm -hmm. how congressional districts are um, set up, you know, so your representation in Congress, where businesses decide to locate in your community or not, you know, where your schools Mm -hmm. are, the schools funding. I mean, the census controls the government resources. And so you have to be mindful. You know, folks would be like, well, I'm not going to fill out that form and da-da-da. No, listen, we need, until we figure out a better I system. I was like that till you schooled me back yeah. in the day. Yeah, you was like, I ain't I doing that. that. They can't make me. Make me, monkey. I don't care how aggressive mm-hmm. they get. You they, they, you know, they can't make you. It's self-reporting. Yet, we have to play this um this parallel tracks in terms of disrupting racist systems. But in this particular case, we have to participate in the system. We have to beat the system. We have to find a way. We have to organize and strategize so we can beat the the system at its best. At its best. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at, and then you have, yeah, you have to be aware because even the whole, um, that whole immigration policy and who can get into the United States and who can't, that has a lot to do with the census because let's think about it. Think about who they're keeping out, the black and brown people that they're keeping out. And this is no disrespect to my Russian and Ukraine friends and of the like, but when it's time for you to do the census, you're going to check the white box. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people that are um, identifying as white, if you look at immigration policy, I'm just going to put it out there. I feel like they have more favor. People that are um, not white are the ones that are having the hardest time getting getting into our country. And so... Did you see the, where they, the 16-year-old boy... What happened? Died. In the in detention? The, in the detention center of the flu. They let him die, Mel. They let him die. See, that's... He a had ho- 103 temperature... He was told they put him back in the cell with one of them aluminum foil blankets. You see the baby laying on the floor. He stumbles into the into the bathroom and he falls and he dies. They didn't check on him for four hours. They never sent that baby to the hospital. He had the flu. He had the Mm. flu. They killed him. Mm -hmm. They let him die. So that's how much that's how little Mm -hmm. brown lives matter. That's how little brown lives matter. Just say that's how little non-white non-white lives lives matter. Non-white lives. And that the only reason that child was in there is trying to. So we we let him die just because he wants to come to our country. There is absolutely that is absurd, absurd death. That sixteen-year-old boy is dead. Yeah, and they had the opportunity for him not to die. Yeah. But that's how it, it, it just blows my mind. So, so census. I'm yeah. sorry. So the census is important. And in future in in the future, you're gonna hear what say you be more involved in in promoting that message. But we just wanna like just start now by planting the seed and letting people know that you matter. And in order for the US system to value you in a way 
that sees you, my friends, you must be counted. Yes. Yes. Don't stay don't stay in neutral on this one. Come on now. Mm-hmm. You know, for most of us, there's not a whole lot that, uh, you know, you might feel helpless. There's not a lot that you can do to change society or change the system. So when when the opportunity comes, take it, do it, mm-hmm. make it matter. Mm-hmm. And all and for people out there, because I know some people, they're like, oh, just like, oh, your vote doesn't matter. I don't even vote. It doesn't even matter. You know what? How do you know? Yes. How please do you vote. know? Don't please. Yeah. So you vote, fill out the census, and do it thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you are not white. You mm-hmm. ain't white. Mm-hmm. And, and we it's... all need to. We all need to be. Don't don't let them divide us. Because there's an opportunity to check two boxes. Yeah, ten. Well, yeah, between two boxes. Ten, ten questions. Don't do ten, ten questions, ten minutes, and the whole idea of of scaring Latino people and and undocumented people that's been really intentional. You know, putting the immigration question, the citizenship question, on the census form. Well, look, all that time that that was in the news cycle, mm-hmm. the damn forms was already gone to print. Yep. So yep. it wasn't even a situation but it's a situation where um if you scare people then they will be undercounted exactly and then that serves um the racist system yes so um just stay tuned we're going to uh talk more we're going to get more involved in the census over the coming months so girl i mean dang we went around the block we didn't sure we did i like that mishmash i love this mishmash mash up you know, the documentary, the uh, potluck strategies, Kwanzaa, the beauty shop. Christmas. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Census. Yeah. We said a lot today. Well, there's a lot. There's always a lot to talk about. Um, at the end of the day, where the rubber meets the road, everything we talk about is rooted in connection, connecting with people, making sure that we are sending a positive message and enlightening, you know, just enlightening. You don't know what's you don't know. You can't do nothing if you don't know what's up. That's right. So y'all take care. All right. Drop the mic. Holla. Thank you for listening to What Say You. If you have conversation ideas or want to follow up on what you heard, please contact Melanie by email at Melanie at MissMelanie.com. M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E at M-I-S-S-M-E-L-A-N-N-I-E dot com. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. The What Say You podcast is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Citizen Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounder's B-Team, and We Art Tacoma. This is Channel 253.